0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you're seated. Open your Bible at John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 12. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you. Say many things. Say this, Jesus has many things to say to me. But he tells them, as disciples who are not yet born again, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, say this, I'm born again, and the Holy Spirit has come and dwells within my heart. And he, the Spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you into all truth. And he'll not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. And all things that the Father has are mine. And therefore I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. We are having a look at the moment at how God is always wanting to guide us into the truth of our future. Hear the wording. He is guiding us into the truth of our future. God has a great plan for your life. And God's already preordained for it to be. He's paid the price on the cross to make sure that whatever would hinder you from walking in that is removed. So that you can live your life in the presence of God, worshipping Him and fellowshipping with Him. And allowing Him to guide you into that truth. But you do understand that there's an enemy of your soul. And the devil is trying to keep you from reaching that truth. The Bible says that he is a liar and the father of lies. And so he works in, in deceit. And the way he does that is to distract us from the truth. And if he can distract us from the truth, even the word of God says there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is death. How do you know somebody that no matter what you say to them, no matter how you talk, no matter what's happening, and you know that their lives are in a total mess, but still think they're doing the right thing? I know for my own life there was a time that I really thought I had it together. Uh, You know, I'm intelligent, I can make good decisions, and I had a good education, and I was uh, well-skilled in what I was doing, and yet it seems no matter what I did, I kept destroying my life. It's easy to say someone else destroyed it or someone else did something wrong or it was that person's fault or that one didn't help me or that one didn't give something to me. When I realized once I was born again that it is up to you and me to make the decisions in our lives. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And we understand that God says, I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. And I had to come to the revelation and the knowledge that my life is where it is today is because of the decisions I make. Evidently, I wasn't making the correct decisions. But praise God, once I was born again, I I, I learned that the Holy Spirit is wanting to guide me into the truth. Everybody say truth. And that by hearing His voice, He would highlight when you're about to make a wrong decision. And so that you can make an adjustment and in turn make the correct decision. And how many of you know, if you line up a whole route of good decisions and correct and accurate decisions, you're going to come out at the right outcome. And that's what the Holy Spirit has been given to us for. Jesus said he would guide you into that truth. Everybody say truth. Someone says, but I don't hear God's voice. Well, Jesus thinks you do. John chapter 10 verse 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice. So just qualify that right now. Say, I believe Jesus, and he said, I hear his voice. And he says, and they know me, and they follow me. And so it's not so much that you don't hear his voice. It could be that we didn't recognize it, because God is talking to us all the time. And the more we understand that, And we recognize that if it's just simply because I'm not listening and I'm not tuning in, it's the same that right now in this atmosphere here, there's a sport channel, there's a music channel, there's a talk show, there's there's noise in this room right now. Can you hear it? No, but you get the right device here and you tune it into that channel, you will see it. And you realize that the signal was here all the time. So why can't I hear it? Because I didn't have the right device, or you could have the right device, but not have it tuned to the right channel. Well, you have the right device. God has placed His very Spirit within you, that God communicates with us within our hearts. You see uh, where the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, that this peace of God rules in your hearts. The peace of God rules in your hearts. So you have the right device. That's your heart. And so now we have to tune into that. How do we recognize the signal that's coming through so that we realize God is speaking? But how do I know what He's saying? We saw in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, that the Spirit Himself bears witness. Everybody say, bears witness. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 talks about us being spoken. The spiritually discerned. Everybody say spiritually discerned. Say this. The word of God. The voice of God. God speaking to me. Is spiritually discerned. He bears witness in my heart. The peace of God rules in my heart. And so we had a look at the difference between the spirit, soul and body. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice the order, spirit, soul, body. We started having a look at this last week. Because what happens is, before we saved, we're only body conscious. We we, we we realize we have a mind, but we think that's our brain. You know, that's still part of the body. And I can think and whatever. But uh, most of our information, well, all the information that we could receive before we were saved, was through our five senses. We had to hear it physically in our ears. We had to see it with our eyes. That's why you hear people say seeing is believing. Uh, I can't, if I can touch it, see it, prove it, then I believe it's true. And so, the, we're not aware of the spirit realm but once you're born again you realize that we are firstly spirits that we were created in the image of God. He is spirit and he doesn't have a physical body. And that in that realm of the spirit, we are then placed within a body. My body is not me. I know we talk about me and my, you know, and like people say, I'm sick. No, that, that your spirit has been healed. If you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, he died on the cross and he bore every sickness and he bore every disease and destroyed it completely. And by his stripes, you have been healed. Someone says, but then what am I feeling? Well, that's your body. Symptoms show up in the body. But praise God, we have the right to to change that, to line up with the word of God. Jesus proved that over and over. People with horrendous diseases like leprosy got totally healed and made whole again. He raised people from the dead. Uh, from a body that was already dead for three days. And they said, by now it's stinking. That means it's already decayed. And yet Jesus could bring that body out the grave and the person in it was, was still alive. Come on, give Jesus praise if you're getting a hold of this. So you need to recognize that if I, if I become body conscious and I let my body talk to me, in other words, I feel pains. Well, Oh, well, that's me. I'm just going to have to put up with it. No, that's not you. You are a healed person living in a vehicle, and that vehicle has spare parts in heaven. Praise God. All you have to do is draw on it. Amen. Call on it in the name of Jesus. And so the point I'm making is that if we're only going to rely on our body for communication, you'll be limited to this physical earth. But praise God, God is leading us in the realm of the spirit. The body, the natural realm can still be influenced. How You know, you can read something that's false and, and believe something that's not even true because it came from an external physical source. The same way the enemy can control weather, he can control your circumstances. That's why we don't get led by fleeces. That was under the old covenant before they could hear the voice of the Spirit. And so God had to use the natural the best way that he was able to with them. But today we don't want to use fleeces. You know, God opened the door. How do you know the devil can open a false door that can appear to be good? And so we're not going to be led by open and closed doors or by fleeces. We're led by the Spirit of God. How's that happening? Through our hearts. So that spirit is who you are. You have a soul. That's your mind, your will, your emotions. And you live in a body. Let's say that together. I am a spirit. I have a soul. soul. My mind, will, and emotions. I live in a body. You see that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The Word of God is living and powerful. Everybody say, word of God. Living. What's that talking about? Life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Everyone say, life. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing him into the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Everybody say, thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, when I first read that, I read it as thoughts and intents of the heart. In other words, thoughts and intents are in the heart. But if you read through it in context of how it's written, he says, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to separate spirit, soul, joints, marrow, you see, we we got two columns here, and thoughts and intent of the heart. So we got two separate columns. And this is what I want us to understand today, because if you get this, then you will recognize that no matter what the devil tries to do, the only way he can speak to you is through your mind or circumstances. And if you can make a decision, if you you can determine, if you can discern, remember spiritually discerned? If you can discern what is your spirit and what is your soul, and you recognize that God leads from your spirit, then you'll recognize, no, that's the enemy, that's coming from soul. That's coming on the soul side. So what's the difference? Where is my soul? Where is my spirit? Are, how do we know the difference between the two? Well, he gives us some insight with bone and marrow. Why would he use bone and marrow? Well, the reason is that if I had been to a butcher this morning and got a, one of the, you know a big bone from a, a cow, you know maybe a long one, uh, those big bones, and I held it up in front of you and I said, "What is this?" You would say it is a. Come on, use your imagination. You can see it. This is a. Now, we know it's a bone because we know what bones look like. We recognize what it is. Let's say I had a really sharp knife, and I could cut that bone down the middle. You notice on the inside, there's marrow. That marrow is what gives the bone the function. That's what keeps that bone being a bone. It feeds the bone. That's the life of the bone is in the marrow. Now, if I took that knife, I could scrape all that marrow out. And the marrow would lie separately on the table. Then I put the other half back together and I held it up and I say, what is this? You would say, it's still a bone. With or without the marrow, it's still a bone. But the bone is more effective with the marrow in the body. Isn't that right? I, every bone in my body, there's live marrow. I wouldn't want a bone without marrow because the bone would die very quickly and then it would shatter and break. So you want the marrow in the bone. So the marrow is what gives the bone life. You are a spirit being, and just the same way you are a spirit being, that's who you are. But spirit on its own <laughs> is no such thing, because what is a spirit on its own? That's so like you know, it's like Casper the Ghost without. You understand? It's, it's, it's like a whoo. It's a spirit, but, but what is it? No, it's the soul in the spirit. Your mind, your will, your emotions. So spirit is who you are. In other words, if I stepped out this body, this body would fall on the floor. But I would still be out here. And then I would see the angels. And I would see Jesus. And I could walk up to Jesus and give him a hug and feel him just as firm as if I gave you a hug. In the realm of the spirit. Your spirit has substance. But in the realm of the natural, it seems like it's not because it's moving on another dimension. So your spirit has substance, but what gives it life, who makes it you, is your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. And that's what we read last week when we saw Lazarus, who landed up in in Abram's bosom. Remember that? And in uh, uh, yes, in Abraham's bosom. And so there was the rich ruler, that, that abused him, and he landed up in Hades, that part of hell, and torment. And in that reading, you could see that he could feel, he saw Lazarus, remembered him, he recognized Abraham, he could call, give instruction, he says he needs his tongue to be freshened. So you realize his soul is still in operation. That's who he is, even though his body was in the grave on the earth. So here's the thing. Your soul is as much part of your spirit, and that's what gives your spirit life. Everybody say life. So now your spirit lives because you have a soul, mind, will emotion, you make decisions, and that soul will go with you when you step out the body. Okay. But you must understand the difference between spirit and soul, because now if you go further, he says here, the word of God can separate, can let you understand the difference. What is your soul's side? That's your mind, will, and emotions. And what's through spirit? Why is he saying that? Because there's thoughts and intent of the heart. Now, where does God lead us? The peace of God rule in your heart. That's not a thought. The thought is in the mind realm, the soul realm. So, if you can separate bone from marrow... The word of God is able to separate what is your thought from what is a heart intent. In other words, that sensing, that leading, that spiritually discern. That's why I didn't say the thought of the heart, the intent of the heart. Now, the word does say as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Notice, it doesn't say as he thinks in his mind. How many of you have wanted to do the right thing and ended up still doing the wrong thing? Why? Because your mind wasn't strong enough. The belief of your heart still took you to a place. We still make decisions subconsciously. And it's that subconscious mind that scientists have discovered and they didn't know what to call it. They realized there's a part of man that never sleeps. There's a part of man that makes decisions beyond the conscious mind. In other words, if I think, lift your hand, I can do it. Think, drop your hand, I can do it. But I'm not doing the same for my heart. My heart, I can't say, stop. Okay, go. Go. How many realize it, it's working subconsciously? There's a part of me that controls that. But the same way, whenever I respond, if someone comes along, how many of you ever been in a situation where you want, you know, right now you've got to stay calm, you've got to stay peaceful, and you're doing your best, but this person has done something, and you're going to, I'm going to be the right one here, and I'm biting my tongue, and I'm counting to 10, and now I'm already on 50, and I'm, and I'm like, and they just say one thing, and you trigger. Come on, has that ever happened to anyone? anyone? And you, afterwards you think, now why? Why? Why did you trigger? You had it under control. What is that? Somewhere along the line, the mind, the belief system kicked in. You're getting this. There's a place where subconscious takes over the natural mind. It's like if, if something flies towards you, as, as something coming towards your eye. How many of you know that a bug can come in straight for your eye and you close your eye just in time? Now, how are you so fast? Come on. No, you don't have, you, you know, you don't have ninja reactions. No, your subconscious mind is designed to do that. Your subconscious mind is working all the time. And that subconscious mind will make decisions for you. And that's why when people who have inherited millions of rands, or they've won the lotto, then they go back years later, and those people are more poor than when they started. What happened to their money? Because in their subconscious mind, they believe they're poor, even though their bank says they're rich. But if you don't change the subconscious then that subconscious will work to get you back to being poor, even though you don't want to be there. You're getting this. That subconscious mind is what scientists, they're trying to find out, they've, they've, they've called it subconscious, and they try to, and if, if, if they find they can't work it, and they can't fix it, and they, they, this person, they keep doing the wrong thing, they just keep, they're just, they're, it doesn't matter how much therapy they've had, doesn't matter how much advice you give them, they still keep doing the wrong thing, well, we can't fix it, then let's just drug them. Let's put some drugs in there and shut it What they're doing? Shutting the mind down so that the subconscious can't get through to make the mind do what the subconscious wants to do. And the problem is no one's figured out how to work with the subconscious. They're working on a natural level because that's all they know. But if you go back to the word of God, you will discover this thing called the spirit. The heart of the spirit. Everyone say heart of the spirit. That heart within you is exactly what we're talking about. Everything I've just described is that inner part of you. That the mind will always follow. And so if you want your actions to change and you want to make different decisions and have a different outcome, it's not going to begin but just willing to do something because your will is only lost as long as what you don't get tired with. Because you can, your mind can get tired. Your will can get tired. You can get to a point and say, I've, I've tried too much. I've tried too often because you're still trying it in the natural. But if we can reprogram the spirit, the heart, to think differently, then your change comes from within. It's like if you put a muzzle on a vicious dog, it can't bite you because the muzzle's there. But it doesn't mean it doesn't want to. You take the muzzle off, your final still wants to bite you. And too many Christians are living their lives with muzzles on. That's that's the problem with the law, religious law. The religious law puts a muzzle on. So okay, I have to go to church. Okay, so I have to sing. Okay, so I have to tithe, and I have to, and I have to run a home cell. Okay, I'll, but the problem is that's why we get tired with doing it after two, three years. Like how, how much more? When when do I get promoted? When does the, no no we're doing that in the flesh. You're doing it because you have to. But when you're born again and you let the Spirit of God reign within your heart and you have your heart changed by God's presence, then I want to sing. No one, has to tell me that. no one has to tell me to wake up early and read my Bible. No one has to tell me to go and spend time in the presence of God. No one has to remind me to tithe. No one has to tell me to get up and prepare a message. Because why? It's driven from within my heart. I'm, I'm led by the Spirit to do that. And so it comes from within the the heart part of us. So your heart is in your spirit, and that heart is the interface to your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So between same way between your physical body and your soul is this thing called the brain. But you notice when you die, you step out. Your brain's still in your body, but you can still think. So you're not thinking with the actual gray matter. That's the natural. That's just simply the, the connection. So when your soul says lift your hand, it triggers the brain, and the brain sends a command to the arm, and everything works. Are you with me? So the same way, your, the heart is the brain of your spirit that interfaces to your soul, your mind. So what happens is your spirit, you, The inner part of you wants to do something. That's before your own will wants to do it. Your spirit will want to do something. And then it will trigger a thought through the heart into the soul. And then that soul will trigger that same message through to your brain, which will cause your physical body to do something. And you don't even have to want to do it. And you'll do it. You're getting this. So here's the thing. If I want to change my actions, it's going to start by changing my mind. And when I change my mind, I'm changing, I'm reprogramming my spirit. And the thing is that God cannot lead you anywhere beyond your knowledge Of the word of God. Until we know God. Wants me healed. I'll never be able to accept it. Doctors can pump me full of drugs, put all kinds of things in me, attachments, and do changes. But if I believe I'm sick, and that's who I am, and my father did, and my grandfather did, and my great-grandmother, the whole family, it's my turn now. That's the t- yeah, I was about the age of fifty. It was about the age of sixty. It was about the age of seventy. All my other. That's my turn now. You know, it's just the family. If I believe that, no matter how much someone tells me, you are actually healthy. My spirit man will make sure I get sick. Because I believe that. Are you with me? So what must I do? I find out from the word of God... That Jesus bore the sickness. He bore the disease. I'm no longer of that family tree. I've been transferred. I've been adopted by God. I am the offspring of God. My my heritage is the lifeline of God himself. I am of Jesus Christ, that lineage. I'm the blessed of Abraham. I'm the blessed. I'm living in the blessing of God. That's my lineage. You any sickness and disease in God? No, is there any sickness or disease in Jesus? No, I'm the same. And if I can reprogram my spirit to believe that, when something shows in my body, it's like, what? What are you doing here? My spirit goes, no, this doesn't belong here. And so what happens is then that will begin to control my mind, and my mind will start making better decisions. And those better decisions will be, number one, is to spend time in the Word, so you're feeding the Spirit of God's life into your spirit. And number two, you'll begin to get instructions on your diet, on your activity. He'll give you stuff to do. And if you're listening, He'll lead you to health. Give a bigger amen. So that little unction to go to gym on Monday, that's not just a New Year's resolution. That's the Holy Spirit saying, it's time to get active. Just just bump your name and say, he's talking to you now. (laughs) Now, bump the other person and say, the the, the person that bumped you, tell him, yeah, it's not always just about me, it's you too. (laughs) Say Amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you, God, made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Have you born again? Notice the Bible says that you were made alive. Now, if you were made alive, must mean that you were dead. But how many of you realize that before you gave your life to Jesus, you were still walking around in a body. So this is not talking about your body. This is talking about you. Your spirit man was dead, all of us, before we knew Jesus. And so what death are we talking about here? It is the separation from life. God is life. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Notice Jesus said he is the way. He's not an alternative. It's not like there are a whole bunch of religions out there and Christianity happens to be one of them. Family of God, get a hold of this. There is only one way. The kingdom of God. I said the kingdom of God. Notice I didn't even say Christianity. It is the kingdom of God of whom Jesus is the king and he is Christ. Because there is Christianity that's not serving Jesus. Not all things called Christianity is, is serving Jesus. Come on. Some people say they're Christian but you never see them in church. You never see them serving God. You never see them working. Never see them praying. Never see them listening. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Christian doesn't mean you were born with Christian parents. The kingdom of God is God's way. Jesus is the king of that kingdom, He's the king of kings. Someone says, "What we all serve the same God, the name of our God. It doesn't matter what language you use, it still means God. So we still don't have God. I, I, I say to them, if that is the case, well then let me ask you. The one that you think you're calling God, does he have a son? If they say no, then we talking about someone different. And there's only two that God's willing to admit to. That is himself And then the other one is called the God of this world. And that's the devil. And that's little G. Defeated. Are you getting a hold of this? So family of God, understand this. Any other religion is demonically inspired. And its design is to take us away from what God intends for us to have. Jesus, out of his own mouth, said he is the way. Not a way. He is the way. And no one, everyone say no one. No matter how good you are, or how wonderful you are in following any religion you've chosen, no one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus. Now, having said he's the way, he said he is the truth. Everyone say the truth. It's this truth that we want to hear. John chapter, uh, Romans chapter 7 verse 9 says, I was alive once without the law when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. What's Paul saying? How many you recognize that before a child reaches the age of understanding, it is born and created in the image of God? Even though it's born into a sinful world with a sinful nature, It is not held accountable to that sin. It's still spiritually alive. You can see that in Mark chapter 10, verse 14. Jesus, when he saw the disciples keeping the children away from him, was greatly displeased and said, Let the little children, everyone say little children, come to me, don't forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Now, you know God is not going to allow sin into his kingdom. So if he's acknowledging this child, if you want to know the kingdom of God, look at this child, it would be inaccurate if the child was in sin to, to God saying, look at everything about this child, that's the kingdom of God. Now that, king, that child is free of sin. If it died as a child, it's going straight to heaven. Let that be something of peace to any parent that's had a child go to heaven. That may have died. You can know your child is in heaven. You not have to worry about that. I did not get a chance to baptize him. He's in heaven. It's not baptism that gets you there. Say amen. So that baby is in heaven. And we know that they are spiritually alive. Remember when we read it in our previous part is where Jesus was in the womb of Mary. When she walked into the room, Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John, John left in her spirit. Why? Because he was spiritually alive. And so he was aware of the spirit realm. He couldn't see with his eyes. He didn't even know who people were yet. He's in this dark, wet place. But when Jesus came in, whoa, God just walked into the room. You're getting this. So now, what I'm saying is that child born will then, once they get to a place where they are aware. Notice he said, when I was without the law. When the commandment came. In other words, you know what's right and you know what's wrong. And then, all of us, we chose to do the wrong part. We violated the law knowingly. It's at that moment, he says, I died. That's when now God says, I cannot live in that presence. You're making a choice for sin. And so now life leaves and you die you've made a choice for the death side but praise God for the gospel that someone came and told us that we can make a decision for life hallelujah john chapter 3 verse 3 jesus answered and said most assuredly i say to you unless one is born again See, born again is not some religious term or some new age kind of thing. No, it simply means what it says. What does born mean? You come to life. What does born again mean? Again. What's again mean? It's happening again. So what's happening again? You're born. So why do you need to be born a second time? Because you died in between. So unless one is born Again, I say to you, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? See, he's still natural minded. He's still thinking natural body. And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So family, God, I want you to recognize that the day you were born again was not joining a religion. It was God's presence, the life of God. Entering into your spirit and recreating your spirit as a born child of God, born spirit of his spirit with the heart of God within you. That no longer are you going to be led by the flesh. You're not born of the flesh anymore. You now are born of the spirit. And the spirit of God dwells within you. You didn't join a religion. You received the life of God to live in this earth led by his spirit. Hallelujah. Lift your hand and say, I am born again, born of God, spirit of spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies. Notice he doesn't say present yourself. Present your body. That's not you. Present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is that? That's your soul. Your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. Perfect will of God. So notice, your body is here to serve you. You renew your mind, which I've spoken about, your soul. Why? So that you can walk out the will of God. Family, if we want to know the will of God, we can only know that when we renew our mind. To the will of God. If I don't know the will of God, Satan can influence me in my mind. He can make me make the wrong decision and I wouldn't even know I'm making the wrong decision. But if I know the word of God and I've renewed my mind to it and I hear something leading me away from it, make a decision that's contrary to the word, i recognize that as Satan. And then you begin to train yourself, that is soul realm, that's my mind. And then you realize the leading of God is not always comfortable to the mind. I know what God's saying, but my body doesn't really want to do it. Now you know this is God. Not that it's always going to be uncomfortable to the body. I've trained my body to just like what God wants. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the Holy Spirit can only guide you to the level of the Word of God that you know. John chapter 8. Verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, he said, if you abide in my word, abide, what does abide mean? To dwell in, that's your living place. This is not a cold snack once a week. This is every day, living in the word of God. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Listen to this, and you shall know the truth And the truth will make you free. If I don't know the word of God, I'll be living in bondage. It's only the truth you know that makes you free. Sometimes you hear people quoted you hear it in movies even. You know, a lawyer gets up trying to grill a, a, a witness, and he's, you know, they get into that shouting match to try and wear the witness down. And then he'll burst out: just tell the truth. The truth will make you free. And that's not always so. If he tells the truth at that moment, he's going to jail. <laughs> You're getting what I'm saying? That, that's, that's out of context. That's not what the scripture's saying. Jesus saying, if you want to be free in your spirit, free in life, then it's only based on the truth of the word that you know. And when you know the truth, you've taken that truth and you've renewed your mind to it and you spent time in it and you've convinced yourself from the Word of God, this is God's will for me. God's will for me is to prosper. God's will is for me to live in divine life and health. God's will is for me to enjoy freedom. When you know that, that truth will set you free. And when you're free, you're free indeed. And then, As God leads you, you will know that truth and He'll guide you to the future He's planned for you. You get something this morning? Come on, let's give Jesus praise for His Word. Let's stand together. There are a number of things and this is one of the things that is the most critical. If you have a critical list of things Christians need, This is one of them. To renew your mind to the word of God every day. Every day. Amen. Lift your hands and say, today I've heard the word of God. That word has set me free. It's brought faith to me. And I am a hearer, not a doubter. As a hearer of the word, I'm also a doer. And I thank God for his living word. That as I renew my mind. To the word of God. It programs my spirit. So that my heart. Guides me. Accurately. Because I hear. The spirit of God. That dwells within me. Even though I was dead. I am born again. Born. A child of God. Born. In the image of God. And as his spirit. Is truth. As I'm led. By the peace of God. In my heart, I am led to the truth. And the truth guides me in the future that God has set before me. I receive it. I hear his voice in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.